everybody. Welcome to the bonus episode of Winners and Winers Radio. We do NFL style with my partner, Scott Reichel. I am Scott Steen, lead handicapper at Winners and Winers. Scotty, what's going on, man? Nothing much. Uh, watching some tennis tonight. Overall, pretty fun afternoon besides the fact that the Yankees, not very good, but I wasn't watching the game, so I feel a little bit better about myself. Oof, oof. Yankees taking it in the in the teeth again tonight. We're trying to sweat this coastal game, and uh, we'll see what happens there. Of course, if you guys haven't figured it out, we are recording this NFL show on Friday night. Want to give up? Give it. Make sure we get it up there and give everybody a chance to uh, check it out on the video form or your favorite podcast platform. Scott, this will be our first NFL show. We're going to go through and do all the picks for Sunday, and including Sunday night. We won't do the Monday game because we'll be doing that on our own radio show there on Monday, but. And we're also going to give our one favorite pick of the week. Oh, you know what I just remember we didn't do, Scott? I didn't use the uh, music cue when we did our college picks. It's all good. We can all save right. it for the one pick yeah. here for the NFL. Yep, absolutely true. So without further ado, let's get rolling. We are going to go in rotation order. We're going to start with the Pittsburgh Pirates. No, we're not. We're going to start with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo Bills up there from in Orchard Park, New York. Scott, you've been to Orchard Park? I have not, but I heard it's lovely this time of year. It is actually this time of year. I think it's pretty nice. I've, I've been, I did a gig in Buffalo. I had, I had to go to Anchor Bar and all that. Highly, nice. over, highly overrated as far as the wings go, but I digress. Bills, they're going to be a big deal this year. It's what I hear, Scott. They are six and a half point favorites over the black and gold. 48 is your total. Take it away, sir. I actually think that this is one of the tougher games to call for the entire week because both these teams have upside the Bills are more likely to actually reach that upside because we're both low on Ben Roethlisberger. But it is week one, so I don't think his arm's going to fall completely off, maybe by week seven. But I do think he'll get a close game here. Buffalo, very good team. We talked about them and how they're one of the best teams in the AFC. They're not Chiefs good, but I think we'd agree they're probably on the second tier. They're still a very solid team. Pittsburgh, we think, is going to be a team that underachieves this year for the most part, but I think we would agree that the defense will always be a threat to get them a win by themselves. Having said that, Buffalo won last year's meeting relatively uh, one-sided. I'm going to go with Buffalo here, minus six and a half. If it was seven or seven and a half, I'd probably look at Pittsburgh because I do think that this is going to be a touchdown game, but I think Buffalo does enough to get the job done in the passing game. I'll take Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs for at least one touchdown, maybe more. But Josh Allen's a hell of a player. I'll take Buffalo minus six and a half. Yeah, I, I agree. And by the way, if you listen to Bill's Mafia, they are every bit as good as the Chiefs. So just saying, I follow I, I follow a lot of them on Twitter, and they are. I didn't know that the playoff game for the AFC title wasn't broadcasted in Buffalo because I guess they didn't get the memo that the Chiefs are just significantly better. They're a, pr they're a proud bunch, buddy. They're, they're a fired-up fan base, I'll, t I'll tell Those you that poor much. innocent tables. <laughs> I don't even know how that started, but. Yeah, I'm 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 on the Bills here too. I, I we would kind of look like we've at least got to take we've at least got to fade Pittsburgh the first week as as we have pretty much spent the last three months just crushing this Pittsburgh team. And you know we've talked about it for starters. Scott got a whole lot of new faces on the offensive line, and that's not a good look because this is a team that's going to struggle to run the football anyway. They've got it's some also a new it's also a new coordinator, so you got to wonder if they're going to struggle offensively just with the play calling. Also also very true and we've got and we've got that issue with a couple of teams here uh, tonight that we'll bring up, but yeah, I'm a I'm I'm on the Bills as far as the total goes. I just don't see the Steelers generating a lot of points. 
on the on their side of the ball. Pittsburgh is still very good defensively. I think this one stays under the total of 48. Do you think Buffalo's defense might be one of the most underrated units in the league? Absolutely. Because that, that Absolutely. defense is good. Yeah, they'll flat get after you. I, I totally <laughs> I totally agree with that. All right, my friend. Well, here's the one that you're uh, that you're all excited for. This is the New York Football Jets traveling down to Carolina to take on the Panthers there in Charlotte. Panthers four point favorites. Forty four and a half is the total. For me, Scott, with Jamison Crowder out, I just I, I said it I said it about Pittsburgh, and I'll say it about the Jets even more. So I don't know where the points come from. This is a if they just don't have a running game. You've you've got uh, Wilson under center for the first time ever. I've got to go with the Panthers here in Sam Darnold's revenge game, as you pointed out before the show. I think I think he'll be fired up. I don't think it would be. I think this would be a different game if it was going to be played at the Meadowlands. I think the vocal fans would be certainly in full voice, letting them know their displeasure with Sam Darnold. But in this situation, in the nice sunny Sunday afternoon down there in Charlotte, I like the Panthers to cover the number, and I will also play the under forty-four and a half there. I can't go against the Panthers here. It's a Sam Darnold revenge game. I mean, what more do you want? Movies are made about this kind of storyline, but nah, realistically, I like the Panthers. At the end of the day, Salah, is, I think, is going to be a good coach. This is still the first ever regular season game he's been the head coach of, so I expect a little bit of a learning curve to take place where he might struggle in the early part with execution, and then he'll figure it out as the season goes on. But Crowder being out is huge. However, the main issue I have with the Jets, the fact that the defense – with all the injuries they had with Curry and with Lawson, that defense is just bad. I mean, if you watch them in preseason, Ben Kurt, the backup, backup quarterback for the Packers, basically torched that defense for the entire, uh, pretty much first half. And he was on the roster barely. So I've seen this defense play. Joe Flacco and the Eagles torched them in preseason for the final week. I just don't think they have enough playmakers on defense. I think that'll, they'll get better as the season goes on. But Carolina used Darnold for one game against Pittsburgh in the preseason final week, he was tremendous. They just have a lot of very good receivers. McCaffrey's healthy. I think Marshall Jr. is one of the most underrated rookie receivers in the league. I think he's phenomenal. DJ Moore's very good. Robbie Anderson's good. They have a lot of weapons. And like your point, the Jets, where's the points going to come from? I actually have a vague idea of where points are going to come from from Carolina. So I think Carolina wins by at least – Four, I found three and a half. I'll take Carolina minus three and a half. Okay, I think I think even if McCaffrey is limited in this one, which he might be, he didn't play in the preseason. Although, I got to tell you, Scott, this has been a weird, a, a weird season to kick off because of the way that preseason went with the whole three game schedule. Where, you know, you've got some teams that didn't play anybody. It literally didn't play anybody in the preseason, and then you've got guys that you know, like the Chiefs, that played their full roster pretty much two games. So. It's going to be an interesting thing going forward to see how it all shakes out. I do like the fact that Darnold got some uh, got some reps there late in the preseason. Yeah, I'm 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 totally with you on this, and I, I just don't. Have no pass rush. I mean, if Darnold's going to look good against anybody, it's got to be a team that cannot generate pressure on him. Right. And based on what the Jets have, I know they traded for the other Lawson, but I don't think it's going to have much of an impact in Week One. They have no pass rush at all. You think you th- you think Darnold's better than Bridgewater? Uh, no, I think Bridgewater is a guy who is the opposite of a box of chocolates because you know, you, you know exactly what you're going to get, but I think Bridgewater is pretty, I think he's, uh, he's okay as a game manager, but Darnold is a guy who's going to blow up in really embarrassing fashion at some point. 
I do think that the chips are aligning for a pretty solid outing in Carolina against his former team in week one. With four games against the Saints and Falcons, Carolina sneak into the playoffs? No. I think Carolina is going to finish ahead of Atlanta, which we talked about during the division breakdown. Right. I still think the Saints have too much talent. I thought Lattimore might get suspended. He didn't, so I think the defense should be okay. Tampa is a separate level, so I'm not even going to bother talking about them. I think Atlanta is going to stink. So I think Carolina with Rule, I like Rule as a coach. I think he's building something there. I think they'll go 7-10. and 10. Okay. All right. That's solid. I'm, I'm pretty close to that. I'm probably 8-9 eight, eight and nine on that. Jaguars-Texans, Scott. Jaguars on the road, and they are a rare... I would, I, would like to, I would like to know the last time the Jaguars were a road favorite, Scott. They're minus three as they travel to the, really the only team that they could be a road favorite, and that's the Houston Texans. Forty-five. you're going to say Bama. 45 and a half is your total here. Um, you know, Scott, the only note I have in this one is the Jags defense is better than you think. The Houston offense is not. I actually don't think the Jaguars defense is better than people think. I think that defense is awful. Having said that, Houston's offense is going to be terrible. <laughs> so I think that they balance each other out. Lawrence looked really sharp over the final preseason outings. Then again, tough to fully get a takeaway. But he's team captain now, so the team likes him. But no, actually, looking at the overall breakdowns here, I think the Jaguars are going to be terrible. I think the Urban Meyer experiment is going to be awful. Having said that, when the Texans are already trading their guys before week one, they traded Roby, who's, who's going to be suspended anyway. But the fact that you're already trading guys before week one of the season means you're easily blowing this whole thing up and you're trying to tank. I think I'm going to go with Jacksonville. I'm not really thrilled about it. But you don't think it's a te- it's kind of a telling sign when you went through the offseason, you have a new coach, a new whatever, and you're trading arguably your best cornerback the week of week one? Yeah, I don't know. If un- that's not telling, I don't know what is. I don't understand it. But, you know, again, I don't understand most of what Houston does anyway. So, um, yeah. I'll go Jacksonville. But once again, it's kind of a stay away for me, maybe a live play if Jacksonville looks pretty good early. Jacksonville's a team that's going to have a lot of offensive firepower. Yep. I question how good Urban Meyer is a, is a, as a coach. Then again, I don't know if Cully can coach, so we'll call it a push in terms of just the coaching comparison. Is that fair? Yeah, that's that's fine. Although you know, I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I I probably have more faith in Urban Meyer than you do. Well, the point I'm trying to say is if if it's a push, worst case scenario, I doubt anybody would say Cully's a better coach than Urban Meyer. So it's either a push or a win for Jacksonville. And we know talent-wise, offensively, Jacksonville is significantly better. I'll go with the Jaguars. All right. Yeah, you know what? And I'm I'm still, I'm going to, I'm telling you that there's, I have more faith in this Jacksonville defense than you do. Um, they've got Shaquille, they've got Shaquille Griffin. They've still got Miles Jack. He's going to be healthy. You know, they're not going to be a top unit, but I think they're going to be better than people anticipate, so. We'll see. I just watched him in preseason, which I know doesn't mean much, but nope. the, the depth on that team defensively is non-existent. That defense is going to be bad, I'm telling you. But we'll see. All righty. Uh, taking a look next at the Cardinals and Titans. Cardinals are the road team here. Titans, three-point home favorite, 53.5 is the number. I want to know if we agree on this. First team to punt loses. I don't see many stops here. Going to be pretty close. You've got a couple of defenses that are probably going to struggle. I don't... What did the Titans do to make that defense better exactly? Uh, That's a great question. They got rid of Clowney. 
<laughs> no, they didn't, they didn't really do much. I mean, the defense wasn't any good last year. They, uh, their main move was addressing the wide receiver core, which didn't really need Julio Jones, but you're not going to say no to Julio Jones, but you're looking at Arizona. They got Watt. Of course, they picked up Collins in the draft, who we both like a lot from Tulsa. We both think he's very good. Watt, I don't know if he's just a figurehead at this point or if he actually can provide anything. If he was going to provide one thing against one team, it would be the Titans because he's owned that team his entire career. So we'll see if he generates maybe a strip sack or something. I like the over. I think you're looking at a game where both quarterbacks are going to swing it around the parking lot. I think you're going to see the wide receiver core for both teams, which is solid, get open. I just think you're going to see points. I'm looking at the over. I know it's one of the highest totals on the board. How are you not looking at a game where both teams score 27 points? I think this game's going to be a track meet. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be interesting to see how that Tennessee offense does because they lost Arthur Smith, who was their play caller, kind of the, the architect of that play-action offense that Tannehill ran, pretty much resurrected his career. Of course, uh, Smith has gone to coach Atlanta. And the other problem that I don't know if we should be troubled about this or not, Scott, is seven offensive starters didn't play at all in the preseason for Tennessee, including Ryan Tannehill. They had to deal with a little bit of COVID here lately. Everybody should be healthy, but Again, um, this is the opposite of the other games as far as not knowing where the points are going to come from. I don't know where the stops are going to come from. I think the Cardinals get more. Give me the Cardinals plus the three, and I will go with the over as well. I'm going to say right now, though, if you are a contrarian better and you want to fade the public in week one because you think the public money, like the Tampa money that came in in the Thursday game, is going to be wrong, I don't know if there's a bigger contrarian play than taking the under in this game. Agreed. Nobody's betting the under. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. I guarantee it. Chargers at the Washington football team. Uh, the team is a uh, one-point favorite right now. Let me make That's been going back and forth. Let me make sure that is uh, still accurate as far as, uh, yep, that is the latest number there. Of course, that opened up the other way and has swung back towards the team. 44.5 is the number right there. What do you got on this one? I think that this is one of the hardest games to predict that on the entire card because the spread is really confusing because Washington, of course, won the division last year, but people seem down on them. You're not sure what to expect from Fitzpatrick, all that stuff. Meanwhile, the Chargers, everyone's high on. Of course, they're not good enough to beat Kansas City, but you got Herbert. You have a coach who's not Anthony Lynn, so that's a massive upgrade. The offensive line got better because they signed Lindsley. They also drafted an offensive lineman and – I feel like the public should love the Chargers here. But the fact is, Washington is the one-point favorite, one and a half or so. And I do love that defense with a passion. So I think it's a really tough call. My question for you is, if the game's close, do you think Fitzpatrick comes through or does he blow it? Because no, that's think, really the coin flip that you're looking at. I think he, I think he comes through. I, I'm, I like him. I think he's an upgrade over Alex Smith, and I, you know, you know, I'm a big Alex Smith fan, but I think Fitzpatrick has more in the tank. Compromised at this point. Alex Smith, but yes, yeah, absolutely. You know, and you and you touched on it. This defense for Washington, it's, it's unbelievable, and it's it's unbelievable what they're able to do with just four pass rushers. Scott, they generated 47 sacks last year, despite blitzing on just 32.4 percent of their snaps. That is a uh, that's the best it defense in the league. But you know, I had this discussion when I was on a uh, I was on a show yesterday in Tampa doing the pregame. I thought the Tampa front seven was better, um, but as far as just the overall defense, the football team probably is better because the Tampa Bay backfield is a mess. You can argue Pittsburgh too, 
but the, the secondary for Pittsburgh has been a bit dicey. I know that Minka is very good, but I'm a little bit concerned about the rest of them. Well, yeah, and they, lo- and they lost I Dupree. think Washington is just so good. Right. Uh, the other the other one that they threw in the mix was the Niners. It's very, very I'm going to wait and see how they look back from serious injuries, but that's true. I'm with you. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Chase Young. You know, but, you know, Montez Sweat is the guy that doesn't get any press, and he's a stud. He's good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Chargers can't stop the run. McKissick and Gibson, I think, is a very underrated pair of running backs. It is. I mean, McKissick's a pass-catching exclusive Darren Sproles type, but Gibson's very good. I, I like... Uh, I, I like they also the, got Patterson. I like the, still rushing for 9,000 yards against Kent State. Yeah, I, I, I like Washington here, minus the point. And I'll play. I'll play. I'll play the over, Scott. Do you think the spread is where it should be? I feel like this should be around two, two and a half, until the Chargers actually show that they can handle this. Because I know that they have expectations. I know they're supposed to be good. Can they play a game with the new coaching staff before I decide if Brandon Staley's a genius or not? Yeah, I think that. I think that would be good. I mean, you, you know, you, I think you gave him the proper props. You said yes, they're gonna. Um, they're going to be a better team because Anthony Lynn is not the head coach of this team. But Yeah, but of course they're looking at the win differential from last year and what the projection is this year with the Chargers. I know Derwin James is back and everything like that, but can Staley coach a game before everyone decides he's the next Sean McVay? Yep, agreed. We tried this before. It doesn't work half the time. Agreed. Uh, Eagles at Falcons. Falcons, three-and-a-half-point favorite here. 48-and-a-half is the number you know, this is a, another team in the Philadelphia Eagles that is going to really struggle to uh, to run the ball, and I think that's going to put some pressure on Jalen Hurts. But the good news is the Falcons' defensive backs are dreadful. It is just a Swiss cheese city back there, and I think the Falcons are going to have issues keeping Matty Ice clean in the face of that ferocious Eagles pass rush. I uh, I like the Eagles and the points here as the road dog. If we're talking about an underdog, a dog of the week, so to speak, I'm picking Philly. I think Atlanta's going to stink. I know that people roasted Philly for the preseason and how they were awful, and I get that. Atlanta was the worst preseason team, and Matt Ryan didn't play a single down. So if you're worried about rust, Hurts at least played occasionally. Matt Ryan was taking a vacation during the actual preseason game, so I think he could start off a little bit rusty. I like the over. I don't see many stops in the dome, but Atlanta with Arthur Smith, I know that he was a good coordinator for Tennessee that you talked about before. Having said that, I didn't see anything in the preseason that makes me think that this team's going to be any good. Maybe they were trying to save everything for the regular season. But when you have a new head coach who's going to employ his own system and the starting quarterback didn't play in any preseason games, aren't I going to assume that there's some type of learning curve and it's going to look relatively ugly and sloppy in the first round? Yeah, first, it's, the, uh, it's, the same, it's the same exact issue with Tennessee where they've got a new system, a new coordinator, and nobody ran it during the preseason. Now, here's what makes this season so tough because we saw it in the game Thursday night with Dak. Had no reps in any games during preseason. Mattered not at all because they got some live fire. They had some practices with the Rams. And these teams that are doing the joint practices and the scrimmages and stuff, I think that's kind of taken the place of preseason football. That's true, but at least the Cowboys still had the same offensive coordinator for the last couple of years. True. So they had the same system in place. True. I do think if you're expecting Matt Ryan to just come out of the gates firing with a brand new coordinator and all, 
I do think you're going to be surprised by week one. I'm going with Philly money line. I think they're going to win the game. Okay, very good. Colts are entertaining the Seahawks. Seahawks three-point road favorites here. 49 is the total. This game has been probably the wildest swing as far as the uh, number goes. Game opened up as the Colts is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and now is uh, completely switched around. The Seahawks minus the three, and this has been driven mainly on news, I'm, I'm assuming, because of the offensive line. Eric Fisher's out at left tackle. Quentin Nelson, after getting over his uh, leg injury there, the same one that Wentz suffered, is now nursing a back problem. He sat out practice on Wednesday, and he is questionable for this one. So, yeah, this is uh, also a team when the Seahawks breaking in a new offensive coordinator. Scott, I think this Colts defense makes the difference in this one. I think they shut down Russ and the boys and do just enough to uh, sneak out the win there. Give me... Give me the home dog. You got to love the home dogs week one, right? Well, I was going to say that I understand why money has come in on Seattle. Having said that, I feel like this moved a little bit too much. I know the initial line move had to do with maybe Carson Wentz is not going to play week one, but then he came back early and Nelson hasn't been ruled out yet. So I do think that this line does seem a little bit premature. I thought it should be Seattle minus one. Minus one and a half. Three sounds a little bit loaded to me. Yep. I actually like the under. I know Seattle's defense was awful for a decent amount of last year. They were really good in the second half. And Jamal Adams went healthy. I know he's not much of a coverage guy, but he definitely is able to help stop the run. Nine and a half sacks, too. He was their leading sacker. Yeah, well, the point I'm trying to say, though, is that the Colts with Wentz, I'm assuming, are going to try to run the ball a lot. So I think Adams crashing down in the box helps. 49 with Carson Wentz as a quarterback. Sounds way too high to me. Can't of course, it. we both think the Colts defense is undervalued anyway. I like the under. Yep. I think this is too many points. I think that's solid. Vikings at Bengals. Game only a gambler could love, Scott. Uh, Vikings, another three-point road favorite. 47 is the total on this one. You know, I really wanted to pick the Bengals here, but Trey Waynes is out, and I have a kind of a personal philosophy where I never bet on a team that starts Eli Apple in the defensive backfield. I think there's going to be plenty of offense. But the fun uh, fact, by the way, Eli Apple on Cincinnati, he's still in the league. Yeah, yeah, he's going to he's going to play on Sunday. Uh, I'm going to give me the Vikings minus the three here. Uh, the thing about Kirk Cousins his entire career, he's awful against good teams, really good against bad teams. Yep. Bengals, they're definitely not a good team. I think Kirk Cousins will play well. Minnesota, I think people are down on because of what happened last year. However, when you look at all the injuries that team had defensively, it should not be a surprise that the defense imploded. We know that Jefferson's a great receiver. Thielen's very good. Cook is phenomenal as a running back. Cousins is decent enough against bad teams to get the job done. Meanwhile, it's Burrow's first game since the serious knee injury. Cincinnati, they addressed their offensive line by drafting a wide receiver who can't catch in the first round. So we'll see if they can actually protect Burrow. You concerned that all the chase can't catch a ball and he's complaining that the NFL ball is different than the college one? Mm, yeah, I think that may have been blown up a little bit out of proportion, but... I'm, bring, I'm bringing it up because, of course, this is kind of timely news. Yes, uh, I, I agree, and there are some, some definite issues there. Uh, the question is, can they protect Burrow? I think the answer is no. We didn't think... think we, so. we talked about this all the way through the offseason, all the way through the draft. And then in our post-draft analysis, you and I scratched our heads for pretty much two days that we talked about the draft, figuring out 
trying to figure out what the Bengals are doing. And we're about to find out because the Vikings, and it's a good test because the Vikings are a team that's good on defense. They're not necessarily outstanding at getting after the passer. So it'll be a nice, it'll be a nice kind of medium test there for the Bengals. At the end of the day, I think there's going to be plenty of points, but uh, Vikings prevail. So just to ask, Eli Apple's going to guard Thielen or Jefferson? Because one of them's it, having 150 yards. Does it matter? Yeah. One of, no, well, I'm saying it matters for player props, but somebody's going to be wide open every play because Apple can't cover anybody. 49ers travel into the Motor City to take on the Lions. Niners, eight-point road favorites, Lions, and Niners total is 46. What do you got here? So one thing that I have noticed, I've been trying to keep tabs on when the line movement occurs in the NFL, just for future reference if I want to get my bets in early. I feel like Thursday night, Friday morning is when you've seen a decent amount of lines shift. 49ers were mostly 7, 7.5 all week long. Now it's up to 8.5 or 9. So I feel like future reference, Thursday night, Friday morning is the latest you should get the early lines because they're going to shift very quickly over the weekend. Yeah, especially with Thursday games, I think everybody's focused on the Thursday game. And then yep. all of a sudden, yeah, this is a weird line. You'll see it all over the board. It's it's still on the it's a couple spots at 7.5, and, and it's at a couple spots at 9. So there is some disparity there. Um, I just kind of rounded it off, and 8 would seem to be about in the middle. But yeah, that's probably the most popular number. But yeah, there's whatever you want, you can you can get it on that game. Scott, let me ask you this. Can you name the most talented skill position player that the Lions have? The alleged murderer? Is it Swift? Is it? I feel like he kind of has to be the answer, even though I mean, I guess that's it, your ceiling. You got problems. Yeah, I mean, I was, you know, it's, it's him or Hawkinson. So congratulations. Yeah, but the way that I'm looking at the situation, I'm, I might get into this game a little bit more later. Do you think Campbell's going to have his team prepared at all? I don't. I think this team's going to be terrible. I think we both agree if Houston doesn't have the worst record in the league, probably going to be Detroit. Does Detroit win five games this year? Great question. Probably not. So 49ers, are they going to win more than five games? Maybe in the first two months. So I'm going to go with the Niners, but that Lions team with Goff, who turns the ball over all the time with no skill position talent and the offensive line, besides Sewell, I heard that you need more than one good offensive lineman, potentially three that are pretty good. Yeah, They may have two. So I think the 49ers get after him. Goff is going to turn the ball over a lot. And Garoppolo is good enough to not turn the ball over against this bad team. I think you'll see the Lions fall behind early and often. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm also gonna play the under 46. I've got the Niners in this one. I just there's just nothing to like about this Lions team. You whether you ask whether Campbell have them prepared or not, I don't think it matters because they are far outclassed. So, you know, yeah. you you can you could you could have you could have K State prepared. <laughs> to meet the Chiefs, and it's not gonna, and it's not gonna matter. Yeah, or Bama, whatever. It, it ain't gonna matter whether they're prepared or not. So you can, you could give the Lions another month of practice. They ain't winning this game. Uh, Niners minus eight. Now uh, a game with my team here in Kansas City, down the road at Arrowhead, the Browns and the Chiefs. Chiefs five and a half point home favorites, and fifty four and a half is the number in this one. Bit of troubling news out of Arrowhead today. Scott Tyron Matthews still not cleared from the COVID list to go on Sunday. He is now officially questionable for that one. Does that matter to you? I think it has to, right? I mean, Matthews such an just a game changer from the secondary perspective. Of course, this game was close in the AFC divisional round where uh, you got 
bailed out by your backup quarterback. Well, you know, let's let's back up on that a little I'm, bit. I'm, ju- I'm just messing with you. I'm just poking the bear. Well, the game wasn't close when Mahomes was in there. I, I, I know. I'm poking the bear a little bit. It, t- it came down to a one-possession game late. We know the ground game for Cleveland's unbelievable. We know the receiving core is good with Odell back. I am concerned with Matthew being out. I'm assuming you to lean to the over if he's officially out because you might get a lot of points here, but I actually think five and a half is too many. I think this Cleveland team's just good. Yeah. I'm going to go with Cleveland plus five and a half. I'm, I'm with you. This is a, a, when you've got, you, when you're going to talk about plugging in Armani Watts for Tyron Matthew, that's not a good deal at you all. You also have a lot of new faces on the offensive line. I know that the rookies are good. Right. It might take a little bit. Absolutely. Of to get used to Miles Garrett, for example, that's that's trial by fire with that defensive front too. It, yeah, it could be, it could be, it won't quite be Super Bowl part two, but there could be some flashbacks for Pat Mahomes. And I'm not saying Cle- I'm not saying that Cleveland's going to take this game more seriously than Kansas City because it's a season opener at home for the Chiefs. Every single team has the Chiefs and the Buccaneers circled on the calendar. Absolutely, the Browns are good, but based on reputation, they are not at that level yet. So that's- I think Cleveland sneaks in i think kansas city wins but i do think it'll be one possession baker with the ball down three can he score and i think the answer is going to be no but i think it'll be a three-point game yeah and there's also a couple other injuries that that could come into play frank clark is questionable Derek naughty is questionable on that defensive line that's those are two big uh big absences if those actually occur so yeah we'll see what happens but i'm i'm with you there i think it's going to go over and i think the browns it's a team that's been fired up all, all uh, off-season, Scott. They've been ready for this game. Their fans are ready. The team's ready. Odell's healthy again. Uh, I think I think they get it done. Might even might even win. It might be worth a uh, sprinkle on the money line there. Dolphins at Patriots. Uh, Patriots three-point favorites. 43.5 is the number. Well, speaking of terrible skill position players, Scott, can I introduce you to the New England Patriots? They got Nelson Aguilar. I stand by my earlier statement. Kendrick Bourne. Nah, that doesn't... Hunter Henry. Not there yet. You're getting closer. You're getting closer. Jonu Smith. I, do you think those two tight ends are the most talented guys in the skill positions? Uh, it's close. Uh, of course, we both know the answers. Their skill positions, our players aren't very good. I was just making a mini game out of that. I right. thought that was kind of fun. Oh, it's good. But it's better than last year. I'll tell you that much. Oh, that's something. I find this line fascinating, though. I know Foxborough is always intimidating, especially for an opener and Belichick. I get all that. Rookie quarterback making his first career start. Minus three or three and a half. I got three. Really? Yeah. That that seems a little bit either telling or off. Something just doesn't seem right about that. Paying the Belichick tax, brother. I, I, I see that. It's just... I think you'd agree with me, though, that I don't think Miami's as bad as the spread indicates. No. No, I think Miami's the better team. I think Miami plus the points is how you could look at it. Yep. I'm looking at the under. Yep. Because 2-0 was good in preseason, but once again, New England's defense is a lot better than last year because they got a lot of guys back. Mac Jones, we're talking about trial by fire. I'm assuming they're going to run the ball a lot because I don't think you want your rookie quarterback throwing the ball 30-something times in his first career game. He's going to. He's going. Who, who's going to run the ball? Uh, they have some options. I, I think that... Right, I mean, they, they have are, guys with running back numbers. There's no question about it. They'll line they up in the back shell. I, I still think that Harris is okay. I think Stevenson might have something from what I saw in preseason. He's kind of a LeGarrette Blunt type. 
who I think could run inside the tackles. But I feel like New England's system this season should be play time control football, limit the turnovers, and win the turnover battle, which is what Miami wants to do. So I'm, I feel like this game's going to be 2017. I just think that this total's low, but not low enough. Yep, I got the I got the under. I've got the Dolphins in the under in this one. If the, if the Dolphins win, that would be one of the least surprising underdogs to win. Yeah, um, agreed, agreed. All righty, uh, heading down the stretch here, buddy. The last day game, Broncos traveling to the Meadowlands to take on the Gigantes. The Broncos three point road favorites. Forty one and a half is the total. Scott, oddsmakers drunk here. I have no plan on watching this game, thinking about betting on this game. I got nothing because I, I don't like either team. The one thing that I'm looking at for why Denver could be favored is the fact that Bridgewater, you know, bare minimum should limit the turnovers. And Daniel Jones does the opposite of that. So if you're factoring in Denver with a plus one or a plus two turnover differential in this game, is that a fair statement? Probably, yeah then I feel like it makes sense why you like Denver minus the three. The thing is the Giants main offseason move was drafting Tony, who I'm not even sure if he played in the preseason. I know if he did, it was very sparingly. I don't think he really did anything. And Galladay who's still injured. He might play, but he has a hamstring injury he's currently dealing with. So if he's a decoy in this situation, I think Denver's better at most other positions. So even though I understand the Giants at home is attractive, and if you're going to take a dog, I can understand taking the Giants here. I'm just so low on Daniel Jones. And I think this Denver team isn't good, but I think Bridgewater's better than Drew Locke. So I'm going to go with Denver lean. But if you think I'm betting on this game, you're out of your damn mind. I've got the Giants on this one. I worry about That's this. That's fine. It wouldn't surprise me either. It's it's a, this is a Den- Denver team that was 23rd in stopping the run last year. And that stands out to me because apparently the Giants are probably going to run the football a little bit, huh? If Barkley can stay healthy after the first quarter. <laughs> we're yes. we're going to count on Barkley for at least one game in this one. All righty. That total's close. At the end of the day, I think that game's a nail-biter. But if you're penciling in Denver, most likely having a plus one or plus two turnover differential there, I just think that's a huge factor in a field goal spread game. Agreed. Agreed. All right, bud. Well, let's finish it up with that Sunday night game. This is going to be the Bears at the Rams. Rams minus seven and a half. Total is forty-six and a half. Um, Rams. I, I can't back Dalton. I, I, mean, I don't know. I'm the wrong quarterback starting. Where? Where's this? Where? Uh, we'll say it again. Where are the points going to come from from the Bears? I'm looking at the under. Yeah, in this I, game. I like. The, I, I think that total. I see too forty-six high. and a half or forty-seven. Yeah. I know Bears team totals around eighteen and a half, maybe nineteen if you're lucky. Yeah. The issue I have is that the Rams, with the defensive line that they have with Donald, the secondary with Ramsey, and even just them at home, they've just been a really good under team. I mean, I have some trends here involving the Rams at home. You know that the under is fourteen and three in Los Angeles's last seventeen home games. That's impressive. That's pretty good. Yep. And the thing I got to ask you, which is why I like the under in this spot, Stafford and a lot of starters, classic McVay, did not play in the preseason. Do you expect a bit of rust? Sure. Has to be. So that's why I'm a little bit hesitant to laying seven and a half with Los Angeles. Having said that, 
I did see Dalton in the preseason, unfortunately, yep. because the offense was awful whenever he was in the game. I like the under. If you look at the last couple of meetings, McVay's owned a naggy, and the Bears offense never gets anything going. I see this game finishing 27-17. If that, if the Bears finish with 13, that wouldn't surprise me either. 47 in a Bears game? No. Like, both these defenses are talented. I like the under. Okay. Very good. Very good indeed. All right, buddy. Well, now it is time as you and I put together and uh, we don't put our heads together. We put our heads apart as we each come up with our play of the day. Get ready for our 5,000-star whale play. Fade the public sharks one million unit lock of the century. There we go. Fantastic. Go ahead, buddy. So for this one, I'm going back to a game that I was a little bit quiet on that I know you were more passionate about than I was, but that's because I was saving my passion for this part of the segment. I like the Niners, and I did find minus seven and a half. There's one left on the board, minus 110, my friends at BetMGM. They love giving me great lines. I got to take it. Uh, 49ers at the end of the day, they're favored by eight and a half or nine in some spots. Yet I got seven and a half right now, which is an absolute treat. But the Niners, after such a disappointing year last year because of injury, have everybody back. It's going to be a pretty important game for those guys. You can argue that they might be looking ahead. I disagree. Week one, after most of those guys were out for like a year, pedal to the metal, they're going to try to kill somebody. And I think the Niners will end up killing Goff and this offense in this game. But you're looking at the lines. We mentioned the skill position talent and how there pretty much is none. The lines, in my opinion, are a bottom two team in the entire league. San Francisco, probably top five, top ten. And Goff really didn't play much in the preseason. He played a little bit in the first game. That was basically it. And I'm a little bit concerned that he's going to struggle adjusting to the new system, the new pretty much everything, because there's really not much skill position talent. But the 49ers, if they want to win this game by 20, they'll win this game by 20. I think Shannon's going to get these guys ready to go. I think they're going to look dialed in. Niners handily. Give me the seven and a half. All right, very good. We're going to go back to a game that, of course, you and I talked about. We can't, we agreed on this one, but I'm going to take it up to the next level. That's going to be the Dolphins-Patriots under 43 and a half. Uh, you've got one team with a decent offense going up against a really good defense, and you've got another team with a what should be a very bad offense going up against a medium defense getting better. I like the under 43.5 in that one. I agree. I, if you're expecting Mac Jones to throw the ball 40-something times, not going to happen. Sorry, but I expect Belichick to be smarter than that. Yep, agreed. All right, there you go, man. That is going to do it for our first ever uh, joint NFL show here at Winners and Winers Radio. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Don't forget to tell your friends, share the link, all that good stuff. Scott, you got any final words? Uh, no. Good luck to everybody. It's yep. week one. Pace yourself, and let's have some fun. It's a long season, guys. Over over four months long. So, like Scott says, definitely pace yourself. Plenty of plenty of opportunity out there. Don't get caught up in week one fervor. Having said that, I'm going all in on everything. I can't wait. Well, it's tough to go all in on everything when you have to not bet all in on it because then you'd be all in about what ten times? That's true. Twelve times? That's very true. So. All right, guys, for myself and for Scott, we appreciate you checking us out. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe, all that good stuff. Good luck on all your plays, man. Hope every one of those tickets in your pocket, you know, turns into cash money when you head back to the window. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday on Winners and Winers Radio. Take care, everybody.